Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Pocket collapsing. Has to roll out to his right to buy time. Looking downfield. He's got Dave Davis over the shoulder. Caught at the 15. And he drives his way into the end zone for the touchdown. Wow. Huge. I mean, again, backs against the wall. But again, still some season left. And we gotta, we got to finish finishing our own terms and just try to find a way to get in. I mean, it feels good. The last, like, three, three four weeks been a, been a struggle. Not being able to get my hands on the ball as much, but this week showed that, you know, when you throw me the ball, I can make the play. So I was happy to be able to go out there and do what I did today, and I hope you consistently keep that going. You're listening to the Extra Point Show with sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. It's a Buffalo Bills football Tuesday following a win. Me and you, 803-0550. We'll have time for plenty of your phone calls. So, yeah, give us a call, line them up, and we've got a lot for you. Bills and Chargers, the win on Saturday. To break down, we've got games from around the league, how it has set up the Bills in almost a perfect spot for what you're looking at the final couple weeks of the season to make the playoffs. They still have work to do and will need help to win the division. And that will be, I think, a big difference in terms of seeding. But for now, Bills are over 90% to make the playoffs. Amazingly, they were 5-5. Five and five. We had looked at the New York Times playoff machine. We had looked at different sites and seen numbers as low as 20% to make the playoffs. And it not wasn't even in the that too distant past. That it was that low. But four out of five and a couple of wins over really good teams, getting the job done against the Chargers when it probably should have looked a lot easier than it did. And if that game happened in week five, which between weeks two and eleven, weeks five and eleven, I should say, we got a lot of those games. And it was right to criticize heavily those performances middle of the season because what are you doing middle of the season? You're at a place where you're still assuming that the Bills will make the playoffs. And all of the games are more towards, you know, let's figure out how good. Let's figure out how predictive this this team is. And that game on Saturday... If it happens in week seven, it's, well, 
the Bills have problems. And offensively, they got off to another slow start. And how did you let Easton Stick hang around in that game? But when that game happens in Week 16, you just got to take the win. Especially when you've dug a hole to where you need the win. You can't have another misstep. You can't have another Denver. You can't have another New England. You can't have another Jets. You just got to do it. You got to figure out how to get through it. And, hey, they did it. They lost the turnover battle 3 to nothing. but Allen made up for it with giant plays down the field. The defense made up for it with some big sacks. They made up for it. And now, they're in a fight for the two-seed. But you'll need Baltimore to beat Miami next week. 803-0550 is the phone number. Let's get connected with our fans and go to Clayton in Rochester. Hey, Clayton. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Happy New Year's to you and your family. Morning. You too. Uh, yeah, I wanted to push back a little bit what you guys were talking about earlier about um, you don't think San, you don't think we're a good match for San Francisco or San Francisco's not a good match for us. And I, I don't know. I disagree a little bit. I think if anybody, and he showed it, if anybody can come up with a scheme – to handle them is Sean McDermott. I mean, he's handled that. You know, he's shown that. I mean, this is not the first time he'll go up against a team with multiple weapons, right? Back in the days with mm-hmm. Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, they were all telling us, oh, boy, multiple weapons. You're not going to be able to deal with that. He did. So I really think Sean McDermott will be able to come up with a scheme. And remember, they haven't faced us before. And I always, and it kind of translates me real quick to my other point, right? You know, teams, it's almost like a, Two three zone of Syracuse, right? If you haven't seen a Sean McDermott, you know, and they were talking about the Ravens, they were mixing they were they were disguising coverages. I don't think people do it quite like Sean McDermott. So I don't think Purdy with his four three, four interceptions has even seen anything like a Sean McDermott schemed defense or uh, against them. So I think coupled with that and the fact that I feel like I don't know, when, when you sit on the couch sometimes you watch you watch the games, I always feel like the ASC, maybe whether it's the division or the conference, like we're more physical, right? I mean, Miami mm-hmm. out physical Dallas, and we out, and we kind of always handle Miami. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, San Francisco Ravens manhandled San Francisco, and we're hearing all this talk about San Francisco so physical, and oh boy, they're going to out. This is the first time they were out physical, but I just I don't know. And we handle. We handle the Ravens. I mean, not handle, but I know it's a different team. But, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I got, there's this feeling I feel, didn't you? Like, I feel like we're more physical. We're a more physical conference. Like, I don't think the NFC is as physical. And I know that's you – know, you could come up with different, different variations of yeah. why that's not true. But you get my point? Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I, I do. I, I, and that's down the road, right, if we ever get to that point. What would they match up like with San Francisco? I mean – I did say earlier that I don't think defensively they match up well with the Niners. I think you need elite athletes on that side of the football. Because it's not just guys with talent they have. It's guys with tons of speed and athleticism. But, to your point, they have done well in the past against teams like that. Not always. Playoffs, not always, right? The Bengals last week, or last year. But, they have done a good job against guys like Tyreek Hill. So there is that, and at the same time, it's who other than Baltimore really has that capability anyway to shut them down. You know, the Bills might be more well-equipped to compete with San Francisco than anybody because they have a quarterback that can, that can carry him if you need it. You're going to need superhuman plays to beat a well-rounded team like that, or you're going to need elite athleticism. 
And I don't know if the Bills have the latter, but that's okay because they have they have the former. 803-0550 is the phone number. Thanks for the call, Clayton. Getting connected with our fans. Let's go to Steve in Virginia. Hey, Steve. Hey, how you doing today? Good. Good, Steve. Hey, I just wanted to uh, much about Shakir and Diggs. Uh, first about Shakir, um, I know in training camp, um, he didn't look so good. I know he had a problem with consistency and catches, but um like how he's developed so far this year. Uh, it's nice seeing him used as an extra weapon and him being there when uh, Josh really needed one. So um, definitely want to give credit to the Bills for his development and also Shakir himself. Yeah. Um, also for Diggs, um, before I even say this, I want to say I'm definitely liking Joe Brady's offense much better than Dorsey's. But it seems like since Brady took over, he's done a better job at spreading the ball around and you know, making more plays. But I'm just – I think it's kind of having an impact on Diggs as he's not getting as open as much in one pass. One play I wish they would kind of stop is that sideline pass to Diggs because it doesn't really seem to be working. And I know they've been doing that like almost yeah. every game regularly. Just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, the out route at the end worked, but there's a lot of Diggs stuff that's not really working right now. Which What I'm seeing – there is very little down the field. I'm seeing him. He is getting open once in a while on those out routes. Not on the screens. That's not his thing. And the slants, the in routes, he's very well covered. Now, he will still come down with the ball. Not all the time. There have been some drops, right? But there was a play, there was a slant route that Allen and Diggs hit on in this game where there's a guy draped all over him and he made a tough catch. But isn't the point there that there's a guy draped all over him? And I do, I wonder if there is an injury factor here with Diggs that we don't know about. If there's something. Because my worry is, and it's more of a worry than... You know, I'm not in panic mode. It's not time for code red. But I'm wondering if he has the capabilities to get open. The separator that he once was is what made him elite. Made him in the conversation as the best wide receiver in football. And it's not happening right now. And you look at his season in general, he's not in that conversation. He's still a great number one, I think. But, yeah, he's not. It doesn't appear as though he's getting open like he normally does when you're watching the games back. And the numbers certainly don't line up with it either. And quickly on Shakir, before we take another call. He has developed very nicely all through the regular season. He did not have a good training camp. He did nothing in his rookie year, and he was a fifth-round pick. But. Who cares? He's here, and he's producing, and he's making catches where Allen even admitted threw it way behind him, and he still was able to come down with it. He's got a little bit of pop in his step after he's got the ball. So he's never going to be more than like a slot guy, but that's fine, right? That's fine. But I do wonder for the long term, like this is a digs question again. We'll see. There is another phase of Diggs' career for me. I don't I don't want to say we're ready for it yet. I still think 
There's got to be something up. Maybe it's the new coordinator. Maybe there is something nagging. The guy was one of the best separators in football one year ago, and there's been no reported injury other than a back injury that he was on the injury report for a little earlier in the season. So where did that go? That didn't just vanish that quickly, right? I think it's still in there. But, and I think we'll see it before the end of the year. But eventually, Diggs, I think, transitions from your Jamar Chase, you know, all-world separator on the outside and on the inside in the conversation to be the best receiver in football to a second phase of Diggs, which would be more like your Keenan Allen type. A, a technician, but a guy now that's going to more primarily play in the slot and trustworthy hands, savvy with the ball in his hands, more so than explosive. Larry Fitzgerald became that at the end of his career. He switched from elite perimeter wide out to really good slot guy. But again, I'm not I'm not ready to say that's Diggs. It better not be because you know they're paying him to be more than that. It's, it's worth watching. You know, it's not panic button time, but it, it is another thing to just keep tracking. All right, well, Diggs, let's just... Another game where he's getting targeted a lot, eight targets, and he's not even getting to 30 yards. In fact, his game log, man, like, his yards per target are just... They are plummeting. Last week, just doing some quick math here, I mean, eight for 29... You know, we're talking about less than four yards a target the week before. Now, Dallas wasn't bad. He didn't have to throw the ball that much, but five targets, 48 yards, 10 yards per target. How about the week before that against Kansas City? 24 yards on 11 targets. That's two about two yards per target. Philly was a little better, about seven per target. The Jets, about three. The Broncos, about six. So... It's been a little up and down, but there's a bunch of games in there where just they're throwing to him a lot, and you're just not seeing much production. And before we take the next call, it is also worth pointing out that when it mattered most, he got open. They needed that third down on the last drive. He was one-on-one, and he got open to the outside. Perfect timing route with Josh. So when it mattered most, it was still there. He was still able to get open. Let's go to Zach and Buffalo. Hey, Zach. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Morning. Um, so, yeah, you're kind of right on where I'm I'm at currently. You know, I'm not super concerned about digs quite yet, but I am a little concerned that there hasn't really been, like, a standout passing option over the past, I don't know, I want to say six weeks or more. You know, it's, it's kind of like wide receiver one by committee. You don't really know who you're going to get each week. And I I think, you know, it's, I remember the last two weeks of Dallas game, it seemed like everybody was like, oh, okay, Diggs is going to have a game here. It just makes sense. And it just kind of didn't happen. He's, like, making plays, but he's not having a game. You know, it's the James Cook game. You know, it seemed like Kincaid was about to get off for a bit, and that's kind of slowed down, you know. Shakir is reliable, and then randomly Gabe Davis has a great game. But prior to that, you know, what, three out of five goose eggs? So it's like there's while people are making plays, there's not this reliable, like, okay, we have this guy that's going to show up for sure this week. And, um that, to me, is a little concerning. I mean, whatever gets the win, of course, like if it takes everybody getting passes, then that's fine. But, you know, it seems like multiple other teams have this wide receiver one option that's just producing kind of week in and week out. And um, 
yeah, so I'm a little concerned about that down the stretch here. Yeah, no, me too. Me too, Zach. Thanks for the call. I mean, it is the the warning sign or the example of how bad it can be when you don't have reliable week-to-week wide receiver options is Kansas City. And to the Bills' credit, they have taken turns here, right? They've got, I mean, Cook did it for a few weeks, and you mentioned Kincaid had a few games there in the middle, and Davis has been very up and down, but he's had a couple of hits. Philadelphia and this game here against the Chargers. So he's showing up once in a while. You're still kind of waiting for that from Dig. Shakir is doing it. So they're getting by. But my wonder and, again, kind of worry would be, can they win it all without getting Diggs in on that? And I don't think they can. I don't think you can win the Super Bowl and win, you know, six games in a row here from here on out, which is what it would take without having without needing Stefan Diggs at least a couple of times to be Stefan Diggs. He is critical to their DNA. He is critical to their I mean McDermott has called it their fastball and he is you know, he's the number one pitcher. So, he's the Cy Young guy. You need him. Kansas City's the by the way, the example because look at them. They have the tight end They have running backs that can produce and help out, and they don't have any wide receivers, and they can't score points. So that's that's what can happen if it doesn't go well. But again, luckily the Bills have been able to get by so far with it. I just wonder if they can continue to. Let's go to Steve in Texas. Hey, Steve. Hey, good morning, brother. Morning. Um, My biggest thing was, you know, I didn't expect that Chargers game to – you know, be a blowout like the Dallas game. It's tough to do that two weeks in a row. But the minute I saw that wide receiver screen to Diggs right off the bat, you know, I, I immediately settled deep into my chair and I said, oh, boy, this is the we're going to force the ball to Diggs game. And, you know, that looked like it was going to be the game plan. And it just, you know, I, I don't like this team when they just go out and they try to, you know, make it happen to him. You know, I'm not a McDermott I'm like not a huge McDermott fan, but one of the big things he said a while ago in a press conference is the defense tells you where the ball's supposed to go. And when they when Allen checks it down and they use everybody like in that Tennessee game from last year, it gets everybody going and the offense gets a lot of touches and then I think Diggs can get set off. I just I love it when they spread the ball around and I don't need to have it the Allen and Diggs show. So that mm. that's the main point. Yeah, no, I I like that too. Thanks, Steve, for the call. I mean, you want to be able to have that. Um, I mean, when they were when Allen had his best numbers, and when the Bills' offense looked to be at its best, at least statistically, is when it was Diggs, Brown, and Beasley, and then Knox after that, which you were able to spread that around a ton. You had an elite number one. You had a guy that had been a serviceable number one before that as your number two. You had Beasley as an All-Pro slot guy. That was the form when the Bills were at their best, where they could spread it around. And do they have a version of that right now? I mean, when Diggs is producing, you could say they have a version of that. Davis might not be as consistent as John Brown was, and Shakir is not playing at the level, even though he's playing well. He's still not Cole Beasley level. Prime Cole Beasley level, he's not there. So, yeah, it's a form of it. It's a version of it. 
And when you have that, you should be able to spread it around. And they have been able to do that. So that is a good sign. I mean, it's been a necessary sign, right? If they weren't able to do that, the season would be over. Because Allen and Diggs isn't working, hasn't worked for the last month. So if they didn't have the ability to spread it around, the season would be over. They wouldn't have been able to score points. By the way, one target to running back on Saturday against the Chargers. And I think the Chargers did game plan that. I mean, the final the, the final third down where Allen is getting blitzed and he throws the ball up to Shakir. If you watch that play back on the All-22, Cook is running is running a route and he's running up the middle. And it looked like Derwin James of the Chargers was about to blitz. And had he, Cook would have been wide open for an easy, easy completion by Allen. And James stops his blitz and backpedals to cover Cook. And that looked to me like one example of coaching and defenders knowing Derwin James in that instance, who is a great safety. Hey, you're you're watching Cook. And the moment he sees Cook about to run a route, he bails on his blitz because his job as a, a great safety is I'm covering James Cook. And that's not something Dallas did well, or even teams before that. But again, that's an example to that play of, well, they're covering the thing that I've been executing. Do I have another option? Yes, I do. There's Khalil Shakir, who mentally knew that Allen had to get rid of the football. He stopped his wheel route. It's kind of a underrated part of that play by Shakir his route it looks like is supposed to keep going it's supposed to go up the up the he goes to the outside and go up the sideline to the end zone and Shakir recognizes the situation that Allen is in that he's got three unblocked guys that are coming at him at 100 miles an hour they're they're going right for him and Shakir realizes that ball's going to have to come out right away, and he stops his route dead right there so that Allen is able to get it to him. That's, I mean, that's some of the Beasley stuff, right? That's what part of what made Beasley so great. Beasley wasn't, you know, an amazing slot receiver because of his size or his speed. He was that because it's, it's the mental part of it with the quarterback and being sure-handed, and that's a nice play there by Shakir. An example of the spread-it-around ability. Let's go to Joe and Akron. Hey, Joe. Joe, you there? No, Joe. Joe wanted uh, to compare them to Baltimore. Baltimore, big win last night. We'll have to find out where they are in my Tuesday tiers coming up at 11 o'clock. Baltimore over over San Francisco. Baltimore is going to be the one seed unless Miami wins their final two. Miami does control their own destiny for the one seed. The Bills have a good look at the two seed. So where this all stands now is basically if the Bills win their final two games and they get the Ravens to beat the Dolphins, the Bills are the two seed. The Bills cannot be the three or the four. That is already, already over. They cannot be the three or the four. They will either be the two or likely the six. Those are their two most likely spots. If they win the division, they're going to be the two. If they don't, it probably means the six. There are outcomes where 
they could catch Cleveland as the five, but you're going to need Cleveland to lose to bad teams, and the Browns look like a machine right now with, uh, yes, Joe Flacco at quarterback. So that's why the six looks more likely. And then that could set up, you know, depending on what it looks like, it set up a rematch with Kansas City at Arrowhead. Because right now the Chiefs' most likely seed is the three. But you want that two. You get that two. You get Pittsburgh or Indy or Houston in there as the seven. Ideally, I would think you'd want Indy or Pittsburgh. I don't want to have to play. I don't think the Bills would want to have to play C.J. Stroud in the first round. I know it's a rookie, but he at least presents some danger. I don't really think the Steelers or the Colts are that dangerous at all. Um, so they're in good shape. It's amazing they're at ninety plus percent to make the playoffs. A lot more to get to from the Bills and Chargers matchup on Saturday. I got a thought on Von Miller that I want to get to. How can they keep putting... How is Von Miller still on the field? How is Von Miller still on the field? We'll get to that. We'll get to my Tuesday tiers. And a bunch of around the league stuff as well. Sneaky Jody Biasi. It is a Buffalo Bills football Tuesday here on WGR, presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. By Northwest Bank, for what's next, get started at northwest.com. And by Speed Global, around the corner or around the world, Speed delivers. Looking to his right, out to the sideline. It's complete to Davis, gets away from the tackler, running for extra yardage, and down to the 25-yard line. Where have you been, Gabriel Davis? Derwin James on the tackle. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Pocket collapsing. Has to roll out to his right to buy time. Looking downfield. He's got Gabe Davis over the shoulder. Caught at the 15. And he drives his way into the end zone for the touchdown. Wow! Your electric play of the game brought to you by Town Mazda and Town Hyundai. Check out their exciting lineup of EVs at townauto.com. Back to the phones. 8030550 is the phone number. Let's try Joe and Akron one more time here. Hey, Joe, you there? Still no Joe? That's fine. I've got a comment on the same subject from our Facebook stream where you can watch us. Hi. Uh, Kathleen, 
on the Bills matching up with the top teams like Baltimore and San Francisco. The Bills defense with Bernard, Dodson, Benford have stepped up, make a huge difference this year. Their D-line has harassed and been a problem for offensive lines. So those players are actually the reason why I don't think they match up well with a San Francisco. The Niners with their athletes, what are guys like Benford and what has Dodson done? They are disciplined. They are smart players, but they're not elite athletes. That's where they would get exposed. You don't want Christian Benford covering Debo Samuel one-on-one. You don't want... I mean, Tyrell Dodson would be the, the thing for me. Like If I'm an offensive coordinator going into a given week and I'm looking for the weak spot in the Bills' defense that I can expose, the thing I'm trying to do is I am trying... This is what Sean McVay basically has you know, made his money on. Sean McVay is the best coordinator maybe in football at getting his slot receiver matched up with the linebacker. Cooper Cup for years has been... He's been so good, but he's been covered by linebackers, and that's McVay. And if I am Shanahan or Munkin in this case for Baltimore too, what am I trying to do? I'm going into a game saying I am going to get, I'm going to put Debo Samuel in the slot, or I'm going to put Brandon Ayuk in the slot, and I am going to motion them, I am going to cross them, so that Tyrell Dodson is going to have to cover my slot receiver all day. The Bills do a good job too. Like I don't want to, I don't want to just assume that would go poorly. It's worth mentioning. It's why I don't think they would have a good matchup. The counterpoint would be that McDermott has done a good job this year of getting Dodson out of those situations. You know, when it's an obvious passing situation, it's the end of a half or it's, you know, the Bills are up so you know the other team's passing more or it's a second and long or a third and long situation, what do they do? They don't even leave Dotson on the field for the potential of getting exposed like that. They take him off, they move Poyer down there, who is a safety. And even a little bit less athletic version of Jordan Poyer versus previous years is going to get exposed a lot less than Tyrell Dotson is. So that's both sides of it. But I still think the Niners just they have too many guys. I, I don't think... I don't think there's another, I think there it might be true that there's not another defense in football that can do to San Francisco what Baltimore did last night. Baltimore, I think, is the best defense in football. And they have been for a lot of the year. And DVOA has them number one. You know, Cleveland had that stretch the, the first month, month and a half, where it was them. But really, ever since then, it's been Baltimore. So I'm not trying to blast the Bills by saying that. I think the Bills are back to having, like, what, a top five, top seven defense and football like they are back to being really good but the Niners to beat to to shut them down I think you probably got to have the best it's fine because they're probably not going to play they're not going to play San Francisco for a very long time and they're probably not going to have to see Baltimore I mean most scenarios the way they play out well you never know I mean if the Bills are a wild card team then and they and they're able to win their first game in the wild card round then that's probably Baltimore in the second round you never know right like the chiefs could lose they could lose to anybody they just lost to the raiders yesterday but the bills would then see Baltimore in round 2 in that scenario what you'd really like to have happen is 
the Bills track down Cleveland for the five. The Browns are going to get the benefit of playing the AFC South winner. We are right back to this with the the AFC South. I mean, I hyped it up a lot this year, and I still believe in the future of that division because of the quarterbacks with Lawrence and Stroud and Richardson, who's been out. I still believe in that division's future. But the present for that future is not good. The Jaguars look totally broken, and the Colts... With Gardner Minshew, just you know that they're not for real. And the Texans are dangerous when Stroud is healthy, but he hasn't been healthy, and I don't know what's going on with that concussion. And if he misses another game, it might they might not even get in, let alone win the division. So the five seed is gonna get to go to the AFC South winner. And right now that would be Cleveland. I think Cleveland almost certainly Cleveland would be favored in that game. And the Bills would certainly be the same thing. But and the difference between playing, you know, Jacksonville and Kansas City, you, Kansas City looks broken too, but you'd still rather play the Jags than go back to Arrowhead. I mean, that game was close, Bills and Chiefs recently. And I think if the Bills got another crack at the Jaguars right now, I think they would do so much better than they did earlier in the season. So much better. So can they get the five, though? What you're going to need is the Browns to lose to who? You're going to need them to lose to one of the two, Jets and Bengals. You know, maybe you can get the Bengals to steal one, but basically the Bills get the five. If they win their final two, they don't get the help from Baltimore. So Miami wins the division and Cleveland loses one of their last two. Then the Bills get to go to the AFC South winner. And that's pretty good. All of it looks good. Who do you want? We can we can start realistically talking matchups again. And the importance of winning the division. And they're going to need Baltimore to win on Sunday to have that be live. But the way the Ravens looked last night against San Francisco, I, I, would, I would pick them to win that game over Miami. In fact, it's Tuesday. All the games are done will have spreads on that game that are out there. He's got to find them real quick. Baltimore hosting Miami. So Miami's got to go on the road to play the number one team in the AFC, fresh off a giant win over the Niners. And Miami, little fortunate maybe to win that game over the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys, it was so early in the game that so much happened after that you don't want to indict them just on this, but... The Cowboys fumbling at the one-yard line on the first drive. They move the ball with ease, and then they fumble, and it's a seven-point swing. That's the game. The line for Ravens and Dolphins. The Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Dolphins on Sunday. The Bills, by the way, are 12-point favorites over New England. That should come as no surprise to anybody. So the Bills are going to need Baltimore. And Miami... Falling in one of their well in their in their final two games would likely mean that they are then the six, and the Bills would be the two. This this is the this is the ideal outcome. The ideal outcome is the Bills win their final two games, the Dolphins lose their final two games, all of which is realistic, by the way. 
because of the matchups. The Bills get an easy team, the Dolphins get a hard one, and then it's head-to-head. And if that happens, the Bills are the two, and as I mentioned, playing the Steelers or the Colts or the Texans, and the Dolphins are going to Arrowhead. And they have been far better at home than on the road. And I still have my questions about Miami. I mean, I think they are I think they are legitimately good. I think the coach is terrific. I think the wide receivers, when they're healthy, are the best duo in football. But right now, Jalen Waddell has an ankle sprain, and Tyreek Hill is hobbled, and the defense has their own injuries. Jalen Phillips is not coming back. But the overall... I still think that the line is bad with all these injuries, and Tua is so reliant on getting rid of the fall, getting rid of the ball quickly that their their offense, like why has it kind of stumbled? And I think earlier in the year they were able to protect Tua better, and Tua was able to sit in the pocket and make throws down the field that sometimes would develop, you know, take longer to develop. That doesn't happen as much to Miami, but it does sometimes. And now, now they can't block for him. That game against the Cowboys, I mean, any time Micah Parsons was coming through, I mean, he was doing it instantly, and Tua had the ball out so quick that oftentimes he wasn't able to get there. Any time that the first read wasn't open or the second read wasn't open, Tua had to extend a play, and Parsons was right there. Or Lawrence was right there. They can't block for him anymore. So when you look at Miami... You know, they, they have still had some big games against bad defenses, but I think they're they are vulnerable to late developing plays. And I don't think that, that I think that weakness will get exposed by Baltimore. So like listen, I would pick them to go to Arrowhead and win. I know, I know, right? They just finally beat a good team in Dallas. You know, they still haven't done it on the road. I did see you know, my most telling worry about them would be, I saw their point differential um, was tweeted out by, I believe it was Scott Barrett yesterday. The Dolphins' point differential versus teams with a winning record is minus 47. That is 21st in the NFL. The Bills, for comparison, are third in the league at plus 44. Point differential versus teams with losing records is plus 196 for Dol- for Miami. That's number one in the league. So, they don't misstep against bad teams. It's why they are where they are in the standings. It's why they're above the Bills. They don't mess up against bad teams. But the fact of the matter is, they won't play another bad team. They will not play another team with a losing record. And what will they look like not ha- not getting that benefit? My guess is they're not going to win the Super Bowl. They will run into a roadblock in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division. I do think they're going to lose their final two. But I would pick them to win an Arrowhead. I would pick them right now. I would def- definitely pick them to beat the Chiefs and then probably lose in the second round. So I, I don't think Miami is completely fraudulent. But I still think I would pick the Bills to still win the division. I think they're going to win their final two. And I do think Baltimore is going to kind of have their way with Miami. Eric in New York is next up. Let's get connected with our fans. Hey, Eric. Hey, what's going on, man? I have a uh, scenario. So if the Bills uh, beat the Patriots, right, we can probably assume it's a high probability they clinch this weekend. 
I would think. There's a good chance. They need Seattle to beat the uh, – they need Seattle to win and they need Kansas City to win over the Bengals and the Steelers. So, yeah, they have a, they have a really good shot. So, your scenario with catching the Browns. So, I think if the Dolphins end up winning, I think there are big odds that the Bills rest starters in Week 18 because I don't think they will play them just to get to the fifth, the fifth spot, even if they have that shot. I think unless it's for the two – I think the starters rest week 18 and they get that they create the buy for themselves to rest up for the opening round as a sixth seed. I that's that's just my opinion. If if the only way the starters play is if they don't clinch this weekend and I think they will yeah. or if they have a shot for the two. I think that's the only option. Otherwise, I think they rest. I just I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, this is a good thought. I haven't thought of it to this point, but yeah, what do they need to have happen? Because as I mentioned, the five is pretty unrealistic. Let me play around with this in the break. I think I think it's not even that hard to find an outcome this week where we are debating whether the Bills should arrest starters in the final game of the season. Man, that game could be so different. That game could really not matter for the Bills or Dolphins at all, other than seeding. And... It could also mean everything. It could also mean the division. 8030550 is the phone number. We've got open phone lines if you want to get in on a Buffalo Bills football Tuesday following a win over the Chargers on Saturday. It's the Extra Point Show presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com and by Speed Global around the corner or around the world. Speed delivers. They send it the other side. Stick bobbled the snap and then tucked and curled because he got sacked by Cam Lewis on a safety blitz. Here's the snap. Back to pass, looking over the middle. Now back to the right. Pocket collapsing, and he's wrapped up and sacked by Puna Ford. Good to see you, Puna. Big play by the stocky defensive tackle. Chris Brown on the call. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Puna Ford showing up. That was one where Ed Oliver, who had two other sacks in the day, Puna Ford in part gets that sack because Oliver beat the guard so cleanly that Easton Stick had to step up to get away from Oliver, and he stepped up right into Puna Ford. So another impact there by Ed Oliver, who has been their most, from beginning to end, their best defensive player. I tend to think right now, Oliver's making a big impact. I think the defender that I have liked the most in the last month has been Rasul Douglas. I don't think enough can be said for how valuable a trade that ended up being. He has, I've kind of been just saying this in passing, the idea of Tredavious White going down, well, well, they kind of replaced most of that. They're getting, you know, 75 cents on the dollar with Rasul Douglas. Is Douglas giving them more than even Trey was? Or at le- it's at least the same, right? It's at least the same. The difference with Douglas versus White is Douglas is long 
and rangy. Like he can he was covering Kelsey in the first half of that Chief game, and I think he's more well equipped to do that because of his size and his reach. And you saw him on Saturday, you know, shooting in on run plays, shooting in on a blitz. He has positional versatility to kick into the nickel. Um man, that guy he does that, he does it all. And he's covering number one wide receivers. He's shadowing, um, not to maybe the same degree that Trey was, but I, I don't. I don't even think I need to go too far with it and say he's better than Trey White was. But he's he's at least giving them what White was. He has replaced Trey White, and you can you know hopefully imagine a future where he and Trey White are playing cornerback for the Buffalo Bills. But you know Benford's been good too. I don't even know if they'll need that. Um, but yeah, Douglas has been great, and Oliver has been great. That was the question, right? When Matt Milano went down, there's still a lot of bodies, but Vaughn was out still, and it was, well, who's going to make, who's going to be the game breaker on that side of the ball? Who's going to make the giant play when you need it most? Because a lot of times that's been Milano. And it's been Poyer and Hyde, and they are less capable to do that now versus ever. So, who has it been? And or like who was it gonna be? Was a big question when guys got hurt. And the answer to that question has been Ed Oliver and Rasul Douglas. Those are the two. Still gotta get to my thought about Vaughn. I he shouldn't be on the field anymore. And not just for off the field reasons. Because that should be reason enough. But we've crossed that bridge. He's still playing. Now it's very clear. He is not producing for them on the field. It's not happening, and it's not happening at all. He played 46% of snaps on Saturday against the Chargers and didn't register a single quarterback pressure. Not one. Giant pass rush goose egg. He is not dangerous. He does not look explosive. He does not look athletic. And he was charged with assault of a pregnant woman. There's a lot of reasons that he does not need to be on the field right now. And on the list is that Kingsley Jonathan looks like a more explosive player, and A.J. Epinesa, Leonard Floyd, have both been, and Greg Rousseau, have all been better edge rushers all year long. And if Epinesa is back this week, I think think Vaughn is... At the at the least, should be fourth on the depth chart at that position, and I might even think there's a good argument for fifth, sixth, or seventh. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. We'll get to your calls. We've got Tuesday tears coming up in the next segment as well. Here in a victory, Buffalo Bills football Tuesday. Epinesa, by the way, he'll be someone to track throughout the week. The injury report, we'll keep updating you on that. Brought to you by the Barnes Firm Car Crash for help. Call one 800 million Tuesday tears and your phone calls when we come back. Jody Biasi, it's the Extra Point Show. This is WGR. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.